Transmitter device activated. Coordinates set for Earth 2. Hey everyone, welcome to the Earth 2 podcast where we explore the pre-crisis DC multiverse and the legacy of the Golden Age characters throughout the Silver and Bronze Age of comics. I'm Peter Watson. And I'm David Steele. Thank you for joining us. Today we're going to be talking about a couple of issues, well, stories from a couple of issues of Superboy. Yay! The Adventures of Superman as a boy. As a boy, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say I love Superboy. Pro rata, comparatively speaking, I've quite a big collection of Superboy Mm -hmm. comics. I'm not really sure why. Is it just simply because it's Clark as a a wee guy and there's a, for want of a better word, there's a real innocence to the stories? Yeah, almost a naivety, you know, but it's it's really really interesting to see foundations of the character and who they became. They're always such enjoyable stories, I wouldn't say disposable, which they kind of are, I mean, you're, you're reading this stuff. Well, it's comics, yeah. back from back then, yeah. so yeah. There's, there's, there's no massive, huge continuity implications, there's no angst, there's nothing heavy, it's just mm-hmm. good, solid fun. Yeah, and I'm absolutely delighted that we're, that we're going to do a couple of Superboy stories at this early stage of the game. So, issue 116, which was um, cover dated October 1964, the cover feature is the couple the story featured in the cover I should say is the wolf boy of Smallville and it's got Chief Parker and Lana Lana Lang standing as Superboy and half a dozen or so wolves run past along the corner of Main Street and Chief Parker on the cover is saying it's true Lana Superboy has abandoned the human race to become king of a wolf pack but that's not the story we're going that's to talk about that's not the story we're, we're going to talk about it's actually it's, a, it's an interesting thing I want to point out this, this cover something very similar was done on by Brian Boland and an issue of Animal Man. Oh yeah, many uh-huh. years later. Yeah. But anyway, the story we are doing today is called "The Ordeal of Chief Parker." So we start off. The story begins with a two-thirds page splash panel, and there's a caption which reads: "Superboys is is as famed for his loyalty and goodness of heart as he is for his tremendous superpowers. But one day, the boy of steel becomes a malicious lad with a heart of steel." as he turns against one of his best friends and uses his fantastic abilities to bring about the ordeal of Chief Parker. And we have a nice big yellow box out with no detail whatsoever. <laughs> a couple of lads in hats, and one of them saying, ha-ha, what a phony, and Chief Parker is saying, choke, nobody respects me anymore, it's all your fault, Superboy. I thought you were my friend, but you've ruined me. And Superboy says, I can't help it if you've become too old for your job, Chief Parker. Why don't you quit before you're fired? And he's thinking to himself, Ah, I framed him beautifully. So yes, something something's up in the House of L. So, story begins. One day at police headquarters in Smallville, as Police Chief Parker holds a press conference. So there's, yeah, there's a few journals, and they've got press passes rammed into their hat bands. And one of them says to Chief Parker, Your capture of Phil the Faker, the famous counterfeiter, is quite a feather in your cap, Parker. But can you convict him? And in the next panel, Chief Parker is saying, his conviction will be assured just as soon as I find a plate to use to manufacture counterfeit $20 bills. I'll find it if I have to turn this whole town upside down. And as he says that, a certain aforementioned teen of steel is flying in through the window. Um, one of the press men observes it as Superboy, and Superboy says, Don't bother, Chief. Now, we're going to point out at this point, because we're describing the events here, we kind of have to really flag this mm. up. We're going to flag up basically the twist to this story straight away, because it's... I think an alert reader would notice it immediately, um, yeah. and we're just going to tell you, we're not going to flag the whole twist, really. We'll tell you one yes. part of it, and given our, our remit, see if you can guess where this is going. So Superboy's flying in, but we notice immediately that the, the colours on his chest symbol are reversed. Yes. The red is where yeah. the yellow is, and the yellow is where the red should so, be. Yeah. So, so instead of a red S, it's a yellow S. So, we move on to page two. It's quite a short story, don't worry, folks. <laughs> And Superboy, right, so the chief saying he wants to track down the plate for the, the guy he was using. Yes, Superboy says, do you mind moving aside a little bit, Chief? Thank you. And he's using his vision powers. Yes, Chief Parker is saying, what are you getting at, Superboy? And Clark says, 
Here's the missing plate, Mr. Parker, beneath the loose flooring board in your office. Phil must have hid it there while you weren't watching. Too bad you didn't search him first. I'm here on the oh, Superboy is he's lifting up a floorboard and he's removing the, the counterfeit panel and, and the next panel the, the journals are kind of making an exit and Superboy's saying You're slipping, Chief. Good thing I used my X-ray vision to find the missing plate, eh? And one of the journals is like, ha ha, what a story. Police chief goofs, Superboy exposes top cops blunder. And in the next panel, as Clark flies out the window, Chief Parker says, choke. Thanks for your help, lad. But I wish you had told me your discovery privately. When the newspaper finishes with me, I'll look like an old fool. And Superboy is flying out the window. And as he's flying out, he turns and says, if the shoe fits, wear it. So yeah, this is quite harsh. So Chief's thinking to himself, Superboy wasn't the least bit sorry for me. I don't understand this. I've always loved that boy like a son. How could he do this to me? Why, he actually enjoyed showing me up to those reporters. So, next morning, and the caption reads, and we see Superboy flying after Chief Parker's car. Yes, and he's thinking, Chief Parker is driving to work on that highway below. Now for the next step in my master plan to smash that old coot's career. Yep, and Superboy flies down behind the car. And starts pushing it, thinking, Ha-ha! Alighting behind his car, I'm shoving it faster and faster. This stretch of the road is deserted and no one sees me. And then Clark sort of whooshes ahead and he's thinking to himself, Now to race ahead of the car faster than the human eye can follow. I'll be waiting for it round the bend. And the the next panel we have Clark sort of at the front and he's catching the car, so to speak. And he says, speeding, eh? And he's thinking to himself, I'll grind it to a stop, taking care not to damage either the car or its ah. driver. And then we see Superboy challenging Chief Parker, who's, who's in his car, obviously. And Clark's saying... What's got into you, Chief Parker? You're driving over 60 miles an hour in a 30-mile zone. He's pointing at a big sign saying speed limit, 30 miles an hour. And the Chief says, I don't know, it sounds crazy, but the car picked up speed all by itself. And then Superboy is sort of lifting the car up and flying with it. And Chief Parker is saying, choke, Um, this will look terrible in the newspapers. And Sip says, I'm sorry, Chief. But I feel it's my duty to take you to traffic court to be punished. Good grief. We basically we cut to traffic court and we have a judge here from the back looks a bit Julie Schwartz. And the judge is saying, Chief Parker, the story about your auto speeding of its own violation is the worst alibi I have ever heard. You're a disgrace to your uniform. I find you $50. And yes, Superboy's thinking, he's looking at Chief Parker. Chief Parker's standing holding his hat, looking really sad. And Superboy's thinking, ha, the court reporters are taking all this down. Yep, we see a guy to the right, he's sort of making notes. So that evening, as the Boy of Steel enters the Kent home through a secret tunnel, and we see Pa Kent, he's got a newspaper in his hand, he says... I want a word with you, son. And says, yes, Dad. And Jonathan Kent is pointing out the headline of the newspaper, which reads, Superboy nabs Chief Parker for speeding. Judge balls out Parker, finds him. And Mr. Kent is saying, what's all this about? You and Chief Parker have been friends a long time. Now suddenly... He's getting exactly what he deserves, says Superboy. The minute I begin covering up someone who does wrong, just because he's an old friend, I have no right to be a super crusader for justice. If Parker deserves exposure, I'll expose him. Now let's drop the subjects. And then next morning at police headquarters, Superboy walks in on some journals and some other lads and he says, What's all the excitement? Why are there so many FBI men and reporters? And we have a journal, um, it looks a bit like Private Walker from Dad's Army. <laughs> it does a bit, yeah. Sort of brown suit, green tie. Slightly spivvy. Yeah, neat, very neat, thin moustache. And he's saying, A bunch of top gangsters have been rounded up. Parker will personally grill Big Gus Diller, the crime syndicate boss. Here comes Parks to begin questioning Diller. You've been giving the chief a hard time lately, Superboy, but his reputation will be greater than ever after this. So we have a sort of line-up of someone who looks a bit like a cross between the Kingpin and Lex Luthor. 
mm-hmm. and cut another guy. And another guy looks a bit like a cross between Sinestro and the Joker. It does actually a bit short. Yeah, they're on a race platform. There's a yellow spotlight on them, and you know the journalist has said that little bit about Parker's reputation being greater. And Superboy thinks to himself. That's what you think. I'll secretly frame Chief Parker so you'll look worse than ever. Good grief, what's he up to? And then we see Chief Parker saying, just a moment I put on my new glasses and you, it's it's interesting, that's the worst lettering I've ever seen. Yeah, they really, really kind of crammed, squeezed in the Squeezed the bubble in behind yeah. one of the other policemen. I'm not liking this. I've got to say, <laughs> why, why is Superboy, Superboy being such a beep, expletive, yes. deleted? So the Chief has put on his glasses. Superboy thinks, chuckle. With my heat vision, I'll melt the lenses of the chief's glasses slightly, just enough so whatever he sees will be blurred. And he does that as yes. we speak. Our next panel shows the, the lineup. A moment later, a moment afterwards, I should say, as Parker looks towards the lineup, this is what he sees. And we see the guys that have been in the lineup, and they're looking a bit sort of distorted. And mm-hmm. the chief's thinking to himself, Everything looks distorted to me. My eyes are acting up, but I've got to go through with this. And he continues, Okay, big Gus, start talking. We've got the goods on you. And, and then the reporter points out that um, he's saying, hey, you've got the wrong, the wrong man, Parker. The lad's at the other end of the line, what gives me? See, that wouldn't have happened, right? Because he, his vision's not going to be so bad that he's not going to be able to... It might be, it might well, just, He's, he's just... going to have seen them lined up as he walks in, and he's going to go, right, I'll put my spec... Well, I suppose he, no, he, he hasn't seen them, he's put his glasses on, yeah. but... No. Mm, okay, no, right. That makes mm. sense. The journal's kind of questioning him, and Chief Parker's thinking to himself, choke, I might as well admit it, something's happened to my eyes. I don't see so well. This is horrible. Not to Superboy, he's loving it, because he's going, ha ha, justice is blind, eh? Yep. The private walker journal was thinking, uh-oh, here goes the Superboy Parker feud again, Clark says. <laughs> he continues, first you claimed your car decided itself to stop speeding, now you can't even see straights. Maybe you're too old for your job, Parker, why don't you resign? And the chief is thinking, this is humiliating. It looks like the same journalist and a few other Smallville people, including Lana, and a lying one of the Smallville focus sort of mocking the chief there. As he Six, walks saying, ha-ha, quit, old man, we need a new, younger police chief. And Lana is saying, um, stop it, Chief Parker has been a fine police officer for many years, he deserves your respect. And Superboy is flying by saying, not anymore, he doesn't, Lana. Superboy lands and he continues by saying, he deserved his job once, but old age has made him become inefficient and incompetent. He'd do the whole town a big favour if he quits. And Lana says, what a horrible, cruel thing to say, Superboy. And then Parker says, can't you give me a chance to redeem myself? Don't turn everyone against me. I know I have years of good service ahead of me. The Superboy responds, Why don't you stop whining and face up to the truth? You're finished. Washed up. Who needs you? Quit! Quit! Shouting this is getting face. really harsh. Right, so later, as Parker sits alone in his office and the Chief's writing a, he's writing a letter on, on heady notepaper, um, my world crumbling, he's thinking to himself, my job meant everything to me, but now I'm forced to give it up. And we can see that so far he's written, I... Paul Parker, herewith tender my resignation as Chief of Police of the town of Smallville. But suddenly... Yes. Actually, to be honest, I didn't realise his first name was Paul. We'll come back to that. Interesting. We'll okay. Back, we will come back to that when we, we discuss the correspondence right. that we receive of this issue. Yes. Oh, so, of course, yeah. so as he's writing, you know, we have a but suddenly and then Superboy and Crypto fly in the window. And, and it's a slightly different looking yep. Superboy. We must point out that this, this Superboy... It's the traditional, proper, actual red and yellow on his costume. So it's the red S on the yellow background. And Superboy's saying, Don't sign that, Chief Parker. You'll be making a terrible mistake. The next moment, amazingly, the other Superboy. The one who's... Yeah, the one who's been logo. The one who's been in it all so far. Yes, he flies in and says, You meddling fool! You stopped Parker from resigning. But you can't protect him from me. And Chief Parker is saying, Two Superboys, impossible! 
So they basically start knocking lumps out of each other. We see a filing cabinet getting totally trashed with a big giant bam and bits of paper flying around. And the superboy who flew in with crypto was saying, keep your hands off my friend. Another one goes, wait, my body is tingling. I now realise what's happened. Let me explain. Is his body tingling because they've made contact? Could be. Some kind of Blinovich limitation effect. Maybe. Right, so we move to page seven now of the story. He and continues yeah, the, in, the, the um, flashback form and says, I remember everything. This all began a few days ago when, and we see Superboy flying up in the Earth's atmosphere. Yes, yeah, the, the other Superboy yes. with, with the yellow S. Mm-hmm. Yep. And there's a big atomic missile flying yep. towards him. And he's thinking the hyperatomic warhead on that missile from outer space will destroy Earth if it strikes it. I'll smash it out here. We see the missile exploding as Clark has smashed into it. And there's a, a red, a red rock. sort of rock, glowing rock bit of debris. Familiar so looking to yes. any Superboy or Super- Superman reader. Yeah, so Superboy thinks to himself, I feel a familiar tingling. Oh, oh, that red substance in the missile must be red kryptonite, which always affects me unpredictably for about 48 hours. A space foe probably rigged that booby trap to harm me. Hmm, I wonder how I'll be affected this time. That's a very convoluted thought. He's hard there, writing that in Yes. We see basically what looks now like Superboy falling to Earth, and he continues to narrate it, and he through, says... Through kind of shockwaves. Yeah. He now says, I know now that the force of the explosion in space caused me to be hurled out of my universe into this parallel one in which you exist. So there you go, viewers. The effect of that red K compelled me to try and ruin a good friend. And when I encountered your world's Chief Parker, I thought he was my friend, the Chief Parker of my universe, and started tormenting him. That's why I embarrassed the Chief Parker of your universe in front of reporters, why I pushed his car faster than the speed limits, and why I melted his spectacles lenses so he'd think his vision went bad. I'm sorry I acted so maliciously. Yeah, but we have regular Superboy standing listening and Chief Parker looking delighted at this revelation. So this could have been a regular red kryptonite affecting Superboy. Could have been. Story. But they decided it's, to parallel universe. It's interesting that the, the parallel... I mean, it's probably the novelty of <clears throat> so they could have the, the two Superboys together. So it's interesting sort of seeing that, you know, this isn't a Golden Age version of Superboy. Our Superboys meeting this an almost identical replica from a parallel world where the only real difference is the, the colour scheme in his costume. We see a parallel Superboy. He finishes recounting his story and, and our Superboy and Chief Parker are listening. And in, in the next panel... We see um, sort of other Superboys sort of fading out, going sort of translucent. And he says, the effect that sent me here is wearing off, and I'm vanishing back into my parallel universe. And Chief Parker says, so you're still my true friend, Superboy. Thank heavens you arrived in time to help me. And our Superboy is flying off saying, it was Crypto who sought me out in a distant solar system where I was on a special mission. He led me back to your rescue. I'll tell the reporters how you were framed. And Chief Parker says, how did Crypto know I was menaced by a Superboy from parallel universe? That's the standout panel. <laughs> that's the that's one. going up on the socials. That's going up on the socials, yep. And Superboy actually flies off without explaining anything to Chief yes. Parker at that point. Yes, yeah. and we see Clark arriving back home and he's saying to his dad, Chuckle, I couldn't tell Chief Parker that it was you who sent Crypto to bring me back, Dad, otherwise he'd know I'm secretly your son. Ah, well that explains it. And, and Jonathan Kent says, that other Superboy fooled me briefly before I caught on. And we see Jonathan sort of remembering when Crypto returned from a romp in space and he's speaking to the doggy and he's saying, find Superboy in space and bring him back to Smallville, Crypto, fast. I must warn him that an evil Superboy who resembles him is out to destroy Chief Parker. And then our Clark is saying to his dad, haha, it certainly was clever of your dad to notice the one clue that revealed the other Superboy wasn't really me. That's what prompted you into sending Crypto after me. And Jonathan's saying, yes, I noticed that the colours of the insignia on the other Superboy's costume were the reverse of the colouring of your insignia. And Jonathan's imagining a little speech bubble 
with Clark with the, the reverse inverse logo. Yeah. yeah. And Clark winds it up bottom of the page. Oh yeah, but we missed out actually. The bottom of the second last panel actually has a little caption that says, Can you guess the clue reader? And then Clark winds it up by saying, Nice going, Dad. You've been proud of me for years, but do you know something? I'm just as proud of you. Yay, the end. The end. Another cracking wee story. Ah, it's interesting that you know Jonathan would have twigged the the colours were different and yeah, just but also looking back, you to must page think four. for for those forty hours he was living in that house. Yeah, he would have been. He would have been Clark. Yeah, you know, so he would have. Yeah, and Jonathan knew all that time. Yeah, and and, and we, was, we didn't see Martha. Yeah, during and um, Jonathan's obviously waiting for Crypto to bring the proper Superboy back. They could have expanded that to a full story and had Jonathan. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, uh-huh. and think uh-huh. about what's going on. Right, so now we're going to talk about the correspondence, the reader reaction, which DC received. So yes, the letters covering Superboy one one six appear in issue one hundred and nineteen, which has a cover date of March nineteen sixty five. We've just done a story with two Superboys, and the cover of issue one one nine has two Superboys. One Superboy on the left, and he's thinking to himself, "I've got to find my other self and destroy him at once." And the other Superboy is thinking, "I must search for my counterpart, then destroy him." And one of them says, "This Superboy has invulnerability, supervision, super breath," and then it says, "This Superboy has flying powers, super strength, super hearing." Who is Mightier featuring Duel of the Superboys? Now, that's, the cover story is actually the third story in uh, issue 119, but it's not a parallel universe, Superboy, sadly. It turns out to be an android sort of robot duplicate. It does. Pete's and... going to point out a very interesting panel on page six of that story whilst I look up the letters page. There is a really interesting panel where the android Superboy is being android Clark Kent back at the Kents, and Ma Kent kisses him goodnight, and he's thinking to himself, She's kissing me goodnight too. Strange. I feel happy. Yet, I want to cry only. Being an android, I can't. And of course, that brings to mind the famous introduction of the character The Vision. Yeah. By Roy Thomas in The and Avengers. John Buscema. Uh, and the, the final panel yeah. of that story. But can an android cry and yes. be a vision like there? With Peter, tears you can't, you can't see viewers or listeners, uh, but Peter just recreated that exactly. I wonder if that's where Roy Thomas got his inspiration. All I know about Roy and Superboy was that he wrote the Legion for a little while in the, yeah. when he moved over to DC and hated every minute of it. And so, reflect on it. Yeah. Well, now I'm now going to quickly go through the, the letters page of issue 119. So the first letter that I'm going to mention is from Larry Fox from Valley Stream, Long Island, New York. And he's saying, Dear Editor, when I started reading The Ordeal of Chief Parker, I noticed what I thought was a mistake in the colouring of Superboy's emblem. Oh. Before writing you about it, I decided to finish the story to make sure it was a true mistake. I was surprised to find that it was deliberate and an important clue to the solution of the story. So I decided to write you anyway to tell you that your publications are simply marvellous. Thank you for such interesting reading material. And the response is, We're glad you liked the story. You were one of several readers who thought they'd spotted a goof, only to learn it wasn't one. Sneaky, aren't we? And then there's the other letter covering the order of Chief Parker reads, Dear Editor, who gives you the right to change a person's name? In Superboy number 89 in the Supercop of Smallville, which I want to read now, the police chief's name is Douglas Parker. In the, or- yeah. in the ordeal of Chief Parker, he signs himself Paul Parker, and that's from Neil Telefor from the Bronx in New York. And the response to that is, the reason Chief Parker signed his name incorrectly was that he was upset and appalled by the conduct of the Parallel World Superboy. I'm appalled at that answer. That's rubbish. <laughs> that's a, you good there, lads. Maybe he didn't want to resign, he thought he would yeah. fake a resignation. So, right, so there we go. Or it could be his middle name. So that was the letters page from Superboy 119, talking about Superboy 116. We're now about to do a story from Superboy 117, which is a cover feature this time. Mm. Yes, for a change. And this is Superboy and the Five Legion Traitors. So you know what that means? 
It's the Legion of it's Superheroes. The Legion of Superheroes. Oh, get left in. the Legion. Get in. So, the Legion will pop up again. There's um Justice League, Justice Society team up that involves yes. the Legion, which we'll get to eventually. eventually yes. And then when we get to Christ and Infinite Earths, there'll be a few people that, you know, a few characters there that pop up. So, let's briefly talk about the Legion. When did you get into the Legion? Or what was your first exposure? I think my first exposure probably was the aforementioned Reflective Saga. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Right, okay. So. That was one of the first ones I remember getting um, an issue of the Legion that had that story out. Or had part of that story out. Right. And also the one where Brainiac 5 is insane and they've got the, the machine that tries to right. fix his insanity. Which is a great story. It's like a holodeck almost sure. that he's in. I think my first exposure to the Legion must have been around the same time. That one of my memories of you know getting them off the spinner rack was getting an issue of Superboy and the Legion but not really liking it very much. Mm. Because Superboy wasn't in it much and there was a weird guy with green skin and there was a weird guy in a red shirt with a weird symbol and weird kind of piratey boots and there was a weird guy in a red outfit with a blue cape and it just went right over my head. And I think going forward, you know, that's one of the things that had me sort of sticking to Super Friends and Justice League and DC Comics present. Wow. When did you become a proper Legion fan? Was it the aforementioned Reflecto stuff? Was it something that stayed with you or did you I have, to have, say, a, I mean, have I, a tipping point? I picked up a couple of issues after that. Again, comics weren't really everywhere until you found a comic shop. And every now and then I see a Legion cover and obviously you've got lots of characters in the Legion. So I thought it's more bang for your buck, isn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Uh, so another one that I got early on was the one where they're trapped in the oh, asteroids. Oh yeah, I know the one you mean. Like the icy surroundings, as Timberwolf and Saturn Girl have their kind of you know flirtation, which is all very interesting. It's all high drama, high drama in the Legion. Yeah, reading especially late seventies, early eighties Legion, you realise that it was in some ways it was kind of light years ahead of a lot of other yeah, DC stuff. Absolutely, yeah. very very Marvel style, very ah. much in the style of you know what I would say that I would compare it to the the FF or the John Byrne mm-hmm. plus Claremont X Men because proper consequences of the characters, proper yeah. detailed characterization. The first Legion story I think I probably became aware of them was the Legends crossover that DC oh, yes. did Cosmic because Boy. yeah there's the issue with Cosmic Boy in, in the cafe sort of having a, a cup of java mm. and he's and he's talking about the, the print of the newspaper coming off in his gloves so I was aware of him then and I had a couple of issues that, you know at this point I was still principally a Marvel guy well, it's what late 86 early 87 mm. one of my main sort of supply places in Paisley getting comics in the shot so I was just really picking up what I could find it and I got a few DC comics around that time I remember getting a couple of issues of the Cosmic Boy miniseries, but also two issues of Superman that were involved mm-hmm. with the whole death of Superboy. Right, Spoilers okay. storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's an issue of Superman that the covers, it's based on, on a John Byrne Fantastic Four cover. Yeah. yeah. So I, had, I think it's issue eight. I had that issue of Superman. He actually so, picked all the characters for that story. Yes, because that's right. Analogues of, of course. Fantastic yeah, Force. so Block for the thing. Block the um, thing. Um, yeah. Sunboy for Human Torch. Yeah, yep. Act 5 for uh, Reed. And who's the fourth one? Invisible Kid. Yes, of course. Invisible Kid 2. Mon Dieu. Yeah. I mean, that was about 86, early 87. I was kind of aware of them, but I didn't become a proper died in the wool fan. Like, I think about, I can date this quite particularly. Summer 1993, Steve Montgomery of ACA. Mm-hmm. We were in ACA, and I remember Steve really clearly recommending it was round about issue 37, 38 of the Five Year Gap series and recommending that to Scott. So just, just read this, let me know what you think. Mm. The good thing about the Five Year Gap was it was quite accessible. You didn't really need yes to know. You didn't yes really... No. It threw you, everything at you at once. But you so. could, because it did that, you could read it. You didn't need to yeah. know uh-huh. the 30, at that point, maybe 30 years worth of storyline. And of course, Legionnaires started... Mm-hmm. And the SW6 batch mm-hmm. kids who were basically sort of young versions of the, the now adult team where they were sort of hanging about. 93 was kind of year zero for me as becoming a Legion mm-hmm. fan. That was when I managed to ingrain in my brain all the home planets and all the secret yeah. identities and all that stuff. So I remember by late 93 when I was working in Stateside Comics, that was the book I was recommending and trying to force on it every regular customer. And then you had the should be reading Legion as well, which basically yep. filled in all the gaps. Which, which, I, which I, I mean, invaluable. 93 was when I was reading the five-year later stuff, but starting to pick up issues of the Baxter series cheap, starting to collect issues of Superboy and the Legion. 
so yeah, big Legion fans. So it's it is it is an immeasurable thrill that we are going to do Superboy and the Five Legion Traitors from Superboy One One Seven, cover date December nineteen sixty four, on sale October the first, nineteen sixty four. Now I'm I'm reading it from the the Black and White Showcase Presents Legion of Superheroes collection. So, on the cover, we have some Legionnaires in what looks like, I suppose, it must be Clark's classroom. Looks like it. Smallville it's... High, I suppose. Mm-hmm. The teacher is saying, we're honoured to have you members of the Legion of Superheroes visitors from the 30th century. Would you demonstrate one of your powers for us, Ultra Boy? And Joe has stood up. Jonah, scanning, Ultra Boy. Jonah, Ultra Boy. Um, called Jonah because in his original story, he's, he's swallowed by a giant space whale, basically, isn't he? Yes. And that's what gives him his powers. So it's alluding to Jonah from the Bible. So there you go. You don't don't say we're not teaching you anything. I'm yet. sure there are podcasts available in the Bible if you yeah. wanted to investigate um, that further. Yeah. So Ultra Boy is scanning Clark Kent and with his penetra vision. Um, the trick about Ultra Boy, we should probably mention, is he has various different superpowers, but he can only use one at a time. Handy when he has his Legion flight ring as well, because he doesn't yes. have to use his flight. So he's scanning Clark, and we can see through Clark's clothes that Clark has his Superboy costume on, and Ultra Boy saying, my penetrative vision shows that Superboy's secret identity is... And Superboy's thinking, gasp, my friend Ultra Boy is about to reveal that I'm Superboy. Why is he betraying me? And the caption, Superboy and the Five Legion Traitors. So... We begin with a splash page of Clark standing, sort of just waving up to the sky, and Lyle, uh, <laughs> use a superhero name, shouldn't I? <laughs> yes. Invisible Kid, Ultra Boy, and Chameleon Boy are flying ahead with Element Lad and Brainiac 5 sort of catching up behind. And the caption reads, What is life without friends? Mighty as the Boy of Steel is, despite his fantastic powers and tremendous deeds, his existence would be lonely, except for the warm friendship he enjoys with his fellow members of the 30th century Legion of Superheroes. But see what happens on the shocking day when Superboy's amazing super friends... Superboy's amazing super friends. That's, <laughs> that's a crossover. In, that's interesting, isn't it? That's an amalgam comic right yeah. there. When Superboy's amazing super friends turn suddenly into super enemies. Here's a story you'll long remember. The surprise and instant tale of Superboy, Superboy and, and the Five Legion Traitors. So, in this opening splash, Clark is shouting, Hi Legionnaires! It's good to see you back here in 20th century Smallville. Remember not to betray the fact that I'm secretly Superboy. Ha ha. And Ultra Boy saying, well, well, if it isn't Clark Kent, or should I say Superboy? And Clark is thinking to himself, they're laughing almost mockingly. My superhero friends couldn't be planning to betray my secret. What a ridiculous thought. Our tale begins in a distant galaxy as Superboy speeds against time. And we see Clark and he's thinking to himself, I must place this inhabited world safely in orbit about a nearby sun before this sun explodes into a nova, destroying many of its planets, as it soon will. And we see Clark basically sort of pushing the surface of a planet. You know, power limits, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, if you were actually standing on the planet, you'd just think he was doing a handstand. Yeah. After the Boy of Steel completes his mission... We see Clark, and it looks like he's sort of getting swirled about a bit. I couldn't resist returning for a close-up of these space fireworks and being hurled back by the mighty explosion. But my invulnerability will protect me from harm. Then, as the most powerful youth in the universe streaks across space. So we see Clark flying down towards Earth and he's thinking to himself, good old Earth. There may be more glamorous worlds elsewhere, but there's still no place like home. Now to return to Smallville. And shortly in a deserted alley. We see Clark getting changed, putting on his his Clark Kent costume and he's saying, on with my outer garments and disguising glasses. Would people be flabbergasted if they knew Meek Mile Clark Kent is secretly Superboy? Then... And it looks like there's a Legion time bubble appearing. In the sky. Yep, and some Smallville folks. And there's a sign, big, big notice, saying, Hello, Legionnaires. I left it by your message from the 30th century. We welcome you superheroes to our city. And there's a guy saying, Here come our gallant visitors in your time globe. 
We've raised the Legion flag in their honour, indeed they have. Start cheering, folks. Yay, Legion. And Clark thinks, what brings my Legion comrades to Smallville? Comrades. Comrades. Yeah. Clark mm. is a collie. There you go. Minutes afterwards. Mm. And the, the time bubble has landed and a few Legionnaires emerge. And Ultra Boy is saying, on behalf of Invisible Kid, Chameleon Boy, Brainiac 5, Element Lad, and myself, Ultra Boy, thanks for the kind reception. Yeah, this is, this is a, a Legion trope. It's basically you had to kind of introduce every single character yes. each time they turned up because, yeah. you know, that was the nature of comics back then. Of course, yeah. I mean, they always worked under the assumption that any comic could be someone's first, mm -hmm. so you had to know what was going on. And you'd basically explain the powers as they went along as yeah. well. See, and that was the interesting thing I remember about coming to the Legion via the five-year gap sort of period was that oh, times They didn't do that. You, you just, who are these people? You had Tenzel Kem, you had Richard Kent Shakespeare, mm -hmm. you had Rock, you didn't, you know, he was Joe, you didn't... And even it. some of those, like yeah. Shakespeare, didn't exist before. Exactly. So, you know. Exactly. So, yeah, Joe's made that little pronouncement and they're standing outside the Smallville research laboratories and so we see Clark thinking to himself they've taken care not to recognise me openly before everyone good and then suddenly a man cries out stop these robbers they've stolen our payroll yeah and there's some dodgy looking lads with guns and hats and briefcases and they're running out and, and one of them saying don't nobody interfere we'll kill if we have to into the getaway car men yep and then we see Ultra Boy tipping a car over haha -ha. now that I've overturned your auto with my ultra strength it won't be of much use to you Quick, let's grab that other car. Sure, it's one of the baddies, Robbers. and then... Brainiac 5 says, disappear, Invisible Kids. And Invisible Kid says, good idea, Brainiac 5. You can't shoot at someone they can't see, eh? Like we see Lyle sort of fading out, and then mm -hmm. in the next panel, Lyle trips them up. Yes, and one of the thugs says, ha, I tripped over something, I don't know what. One of the other thugs is saying, that freak has changed his hands into nets, imprisoning us. But though he has the power of super disguise, bullets will kill him. And Element Lad leans into the panel and says, Not if I can help it. And this, we should probably point out, Chameleon Boy is a, is a shape changer. Yes, from the planet Durla. As his name suggests. And it's, yeah, it's interesting that he's just changing what looks like his fingertips. Usually he just changes his entire body into something else. Usually like a big space dragon or yeah. like a, a tiny yeah. insect or something. Yeah, uh, It's very unusual for him yeah. to just change part of himself. One of the thugs is firing his gun. What in, what in blazes? The bullets just bounce off him. An element lad says, because I changed the lead into rubber with my super transmutation ability. You don't call me element lad for nothing. This is good because we're getting demonstrations here because Brady has the idea for Lyle to disappear. Yep. Who then disappears. And then Chameleon Boy's doing that and then element lad's doing that. So, as police sees the cowed thugs and we see Chief Parker... I'm Police Chief Parker. What's your first name, Chief Parker? I'm not, I'm not telling you. I'm Police Chief Parker. Thanks for subduing those robbers. I sure wish I had you in my force. Can I show you the town? And Ultra Boy says, we'd rather roam around on our own. Now, Ultra Boy is miscoloured in my copy. His hair is blonde. Blonde, yeah. I know you get the black and white. Yes, so. I can see that. It's very, yeah. very strange. Okay, so sorry. we have a dissolve in the captions saying, Later, as Clark takes a shortcut toward his home. So Clark's looking up and the, the Legionnaires are flying past and he says, Hi there, fellows. Hope you enjoy your visit here, but be careful not to say or do anything that would reveal my secret identity accidentally. And Clark thinks to himself, Is it my imagination? Are they smiling strangely? And it looks like they're all grinning away nicely. And then we cut to a classroom. It is a dark grey day as Clark reports to school next morning. And the sky is overcast with storm clouds. The sky clouds. is overcast with storm clouds, eh? Hmm... Mm. So, teacher lady is sort of saying, we're deeply honoured that these heroes from the future are visiting our classroom today. Perhaps they'll demonstrate their powers. And Glad to oblige, says Brainiac 5. Bearing in mind, we've already seen all their powers. <laughs> yep. And then, so, yep. at the teacher's request, Brainiac says, I'm mentally adding all the figures in this mathematics book. Instantly. 
the total is. <laughs> yeah, good luck reading this. The total is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 13,895,117. Shall we put that panel on the socials? Uh, yes, I think we should. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Gasp, correct, Brainiac 5. My brother wrote that book with an adding machine. He arrived at the same figure, only it took him weeks to get it. Your computer mind is fabulous. Mm. And teacher continues and she says, Invisible Kid, would you please tell us about the strangest cities of the 30th century? Lyle says, I'll do even better. I'll concentrate on my Mentazo ring, which will project my mental pictures of them. And so we see Lyle holding up Mentazo ring. Probably not even his leading flight ring, is it? No, it's not. And he's projecting out from it and he's saying, behold... Macago. Macago. A living city on a planet Inanor, where all normally inanimate objects, buildings and machines are alive and intelligent. It's human creators perished centuries earlier. Interesting. That's very Doctor Who annual from 1965, isn't it? And in the next panel, Lyle continues to project and says, presenting Necropolis. So the first thing that Lyle, it does look like buildings and cars kind of walking about, doesn't it? And the next one, it looks like roughly shaped people's... Ghostly figures and like a lava... Yeah, and so Lyle is saying... Almost hellscape. Presenting Necropolis, which is within a volcanic crater on the planet Stzl, S-T-double-Z-L. The Phantom City is inhabited by spectrum beings who resemble aliens who once roamed long dead worlds. Necropolis, which could yeah. be out of Judge Dredd or indeed out of Glasgow. Glasgow. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, no, no one can communicate with them. And then the, the next one we see, it's sort of like crab-looking type people yeah. with some sort Prestation of orb and a stick. And, and Lyle projecting this and he continues, Gothictor, yes. a beautiful weird city on the planet Bestia is inhabited by monsters who take turns concentrating on a purple globe. They are magnified love vibrations, <laughs> Snigger, cast through space by the globe counter evil everywhere in the galaxy well that's nice but that's mm. not from any place you think we'd start with the word goth no not really to be honest mm. hey, that's fine no goths live there no <laughs> anyway so in the next panel the teacher is saying element lad what is the most unusual element known to you and the element lad says energite its health giving emanations can instantly cure anyone of any ailment no matter how fatally ill he may be it's the miraculous cure-all long sought by science interesting and Jan is sort of imagining what looks like a, a gentleman on a on his deathbed on his deathbed and then he's holding out a lump of energite and he's looking much more cheerful so the teacher continues and now would you please demonstrate one of your powers Ultra Boy and this takes us to the cover image and Ultra Boy is saying yes my penetrative vision reveals the secret identity of Superboy. He's scanning Clark. We see the uniform through Clark's jumper and shot. Clark thinks to himself, gasp, he's about to expose me. Why is he doing this? I've got to think super fast to protect my identity. Now that actually puts me in mind of Ultra Boy's first appearance in Superboy. Yes, uh-huh. where Superboy is scanning the kid in the baseball gear and yeah. you can see Ultra Boy's costume underneath. That's got to be a deliberate And Ultra Boy's in the same back. Yeah, yeah, that's got to be a deliberate callback, I think, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So Clark thinks he's about to expose me. Why is he doing this? I've got to think super fast protect my identity but we move on to the next panel as he seeks a way out of his dilemma a lightning bolt striking in the schoolyard attracts Clark's gaze and a lightning bolt striking in the schoolyard attracts Clark that's got to be to do with the the aforementioned storm clouds mentioned on page 3 isn't it so yeah, Clark is using his vision and we see coming soon football fan a sign saying Smallville High versus Metropolis High season's greatest game and then another sign saying Smallville research laboratories and Clark thinks to himself Smallville and Metropolis are misspelled on that banner. Yes, definitely spelled, spelled yeah. Smallville. Mm. Mm. Metropolis with a U instead of an I at the end mm. and one L in the Ville of Smallville. Smallville and Metropolis are misspelled on that banner. Wait, my photographic memory recalls that lab sign I saw yesterday was misspelled similarly. Then, as he checks swiftly... So we see Clark scanning around. The city's name is spelt the same way everywhere in town. Now I understand what's happening, and that Legion flag reminds me of something else. These 30th century lads are villains, not heroes. 
And then so Clark flashes back to being in the, yeah. the Nova explosion. Yep, and Clark is thinking to himself, Smallville isn't spelt the same because this isn't the same town unknown to me at the time. That terrific concussion caused by that exploding sun hurled me into a parallel world, just as a similar accident recently sent another Superboy into my world. And then we have an editor's note saying, See the ordeal of Chief Parker in Superboy number 116, or listen to the beginning of this podcast. And then the next panel shows several overlapping Earths, and Clark's narration continues, Many similar universes coexist in the same space. But in an infinite number of different dimensions, there's no limit to the variations. Chief Parker may be a criminal in one world, an ape-like being another, or even a woman. Even yeah. a woman. And we see like different versions of Chief Parker. I like that. Like, yeah. Instead of the thing we sort of become accustomed to of the two different flashes and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, and they show you two different versions of the yeah, universe. You usually so, see an ape version. Yeah. That's quite unusual. As Clark's mind races at rocket speed, he thinks to himself, the villainous Legionnaires must have come to this era to expose the secret identity of the Superboy of this parallel world. They captured those robbers to keep him off guard until they could betray his secret before his classmates. Why is he making the leap that they're villains? What's the giveaway? We shall read on and yes. find out. So then Clark continues to think to himself, this world Superboy must have been away on a mission all this while. And we see him using some more of his supervision. Ah, I was right. My supervision sees him returning from overseas. I've got to act fast. I'll need his aid in order to help protect his secret identity. Now, so now, bearing in mind all this happened in an instant. Yes. Before Ultra Boy can actually say what he has revealed. Yep. So that, that entire page is <clears throat> Clark sort of obviously thinking very quickly on his feet. Um, we move on to page six. And Clark is thinking... First things first, because it's so dark outside due to the upcoming storm, the electric lights are on in this room. I'll turn the switch off with a puff of super breath. And as an inset panel where he does just that, he sees his switch being clicked off. And then we continue with Clark, thinking to himself, now under cover of darkness, I'll melt the surface of this medal I was given recently on another planet with my heat vision. Next, while the medal is still soft, I'll use a hairpin I noticed on the floor. God, he, he must be moving his speed here mm-hmm. to etch a message that will fully explain this crisis. And then so we got a long shot of Smallville High and Clark flung the medal out the window and he's saying, I know I've tossed the medal out through an open window so it will sail directly to the Superboy of this parallel world. He's nearby now. Then I'll puff that light switch back on again. He'll assume the electric storm caused the momentary light failure. Clark's thoughts and actions have taken only a few seconds. Indeed. And the teacher says, the lights are on once more. You were saying, Ultra Boy? And Joe says, actually evil parallel universe Joe, says... Clark Kent is secretly Superboy. As he says that, the Superboy of this parallel world flies in the window. And he says, then who am I? And Clark thinks to himself, phew, he got my message just in time. Enraged by the failure of their plot, the young supervillains leap to attack the newcomer. And Superboy says, don't be alarmed anyone. This anti-gravity paralysis disc has a temporary suspended animation effect on these super troublemakers. And our Clark from our regular Earth thinks to himself, he must have quickly taken that disc from among his trophies after I tipped him off. Because Superboy is holding this disc, it's got a beam projecting sort of beam out onto coming the, out and, yeah, and so, Lyle and are also like, trapped in it. So all this has happened in the space of about two seconds. Yep. That's fantastic. Moving on to, to page seven and the newly arrived Superboy sort of flying off. Flying out of the school with the suspended Legionnaires yep. saying, I'll take these rascals from the future away where they can't harm people of this era. And going with the red hair, this is the parallel Lana Lang she's saying I guess that Ultra Boy phony didn't know Timid Clark is the last boy on earth who could possibly be Superboy what a laugh the last boy on earth mm, mm-hmm. some commandy foreshadowing <laughs> we're reading far too much into this <laughs> and Clark is thinking hmm in this world Lana doesn't suspect Superboy's identity later as Clark changes unseen to his Superboy identity and joins the parallel world Superboy in a deserted area yeah and the parallel Superboy is saying we're almost like identical twins. If not for your clever warning, my great secret would have been exposed. And our Clark thinks, I'm sure you would have done the same for me. 
And after having this conversation, you've still got the suspended Legionnaires yes, being held in, in, in the beam above, uh, yeah, above the Superboy. Superboy. Yeah. And he continues, but tell me something. How did you know these youths from the 13th century weren't really Legionnaires? And our clerk is saying, while checking up on the different spelling of the town's name, I noticed that Legion flag. And suddenly I recalled that those super lads didn't salute the Legion flag when they arrived here. Did the Superhero Club Constitution requires them to salute it at all times? At all times? All times. How does he know it's the same yep. this panel of universe? Can you help me move this box, Ultra Boy? I can't, certain girl. Yeah, the box is quite heavy and I need to use this hand to salute the flag at all times. So we have a little <laughs> flashback panel here of Clark regarding the Legion conspicuously not saluting the flag. Clark continues that once I knew the truth, he didn't salute the flag because they hated it. Why? Because they'd been thrown out of the club for conduct unbecoming Legion members. And so, despising their former super friends, super friends, mm-hmm. they travel back through time to spoil things here for you. Presently... We see all the, the five legionnaires looking suitably dejected. They've all been lumped back into their time sphere. It's not too clear. One superboy's flying them away, and then one superboy's standing waving. But we've worked out that um, the one that is flying them away is essentially our superboy. And he's saying, I'll fly these paralysed villains through the time barrier to imprisonment in their own era. So long, my parallel world double. And he responds, come and visit me again in Smallville soon. It's like, Smallville soon. Yep. So that's basically three different superboys in the space of two issues. Yes. Not including the androids. And yeah. The <laughs> so, yeah, interesting. Uh-huh. So, we're now on the last page of the story. Yep. And in the 13th century, a superboy reaches the parallel world metropolis mm. of the 13th century. And we see a, a science police guy and he's saying, We of the science police, thank you, superboy. These were the most wanted criminals of our time. And, you know, in the background, we see Ultra Boy and it looks like Brainiac and Invisible Kid. And it basically looks like boy band posing. They're doing moody boy band it's posing. just they're still paralysed. And, and you know, they're paralysed in the back of his time. So Clark's flying off and he's saying, my pleasure. And we see him zooming back through the, the multicolored... The, the colourful concentric circles yeah, of the, the time, time barrier. Time barrier. And he's saying, and now back across the dimensional maze and then through the time barrier to my own world. Wow. What a unique, different adventure this has been. Not really, Clark. You've just met another version of yourself. You did that last month. <laughs> um, and then we see him landing back in his own small bill, and he's thinking to himself, it's great to really be back home again, where there's an LL instead of just one L at the end of Smallville's name. Amazing. In the future of this world, my Legion friends are heroes, but in that world I just visited, some of them are villains. Who knows what lives they may lead in other parallel worlds? And we see Clark waving to a couple of people driving past the small world sign as he imagines one group of friendly, smiling legionnaires and another group of slightly bad, sinister, nasty-looking legionnaires as well. That's more boy band looking, actually. (laughs) And that takes us to the end, end of page eight. So, yeah, that was very interesting. He casually, casually crossed dimensions there. As yeah. I'm flying through time, I mean, yeah, as well. Pop the dimensional minutes. maze, that's an interesting way of putting it. So, I just, I'm just bowled over by the, the fact that Clark's able to just, I mean, that bottom of page seven panel one. I knew the truth, they didn't salute the fly because they hated it. Why? Probably because they'd been <laughs> thrown out of the club for conduct. Because, so, um, and so, despite, so yeah, it's quite a, quite a leap in logic. Superboy there. the boy detective. So, yes, that was. Superboy and the Five Legion Traitors, so we're now going to jump forward to the letters page from Superboy issue 120, which has the cover date of April 1965. So, the Smallville mail sack for that issue, um, talking about the, the Legion story we've just discussed, has a few letters commenting on the story, so I'll just quickly jump through them. The first one is from Steve Foster. Steve would probably quite like our podcast, I think, because he says, Dear Editor, I enjoyed Superboy and the Five Legion Traitors very much, but I think I found a mistake. After Superboy discovered he was in a parallel world, he simply flew through the dimensional maze back to Smallville. Yet, in Action Comics number 308, Superman meets the Goliath Hercules, Superman is in a parallel world and states he doesn't know how to cross back to his own world. Please explain how this could be. 
So yes, Action Comics 308, as we've discussed previously. And the, the editor responds to Steve, um, Superboy was hurled into the parallel world by the force of an exploding star. By using his super memory to reconstruct the direction, speed and other factors, he was able to return to his own universe the same way. But in the action story, Superman was sent into another world by a freak lightning flash, which caused a dimensional warp. If he had tried to fly back, he might have wound up in any one of countless parallel worlds. Luckily, a second lightning flash returned him to his own dimension. Which, as we have discussed, is one of the classic ways in these Age yes. comics to travel between dimensions. Yep. And the second letter is from John Breitman from Fort Wayne in, I'm guessing that's Indiana. Um, dear editor, on page 3, panel 3 of the Five Legion Traitors, Ultra Boy has blonde hair on the cover and the rest of the story he has brown hair. How come? And <laughs> the terrible response is, we'll bet Ultra Boy himself is dying to find out the answer to that one. Oh. And the final letter, dear editor, this is from David Chestokas, Lagrange in Illinois. Dear editor, I enjoyed the Five Legion Traitors very much, but it brings up an interesting point. Superboy is always complaining that he doesn't have a super pal, but he now has two. The Superboy of this parallel world and the one from the ordeal of Chief Parker. Why not have them get together and play super games? The other Superboys probably long for super pals also. We'll keep your idea in mind as a response. However, have you forgotten that the Boy of Steel has a whole club full of super pals? The Legion of Superheroes. So, having looked at those couple of Superboys, there's one other very slight... Superboy Legion of Superheroes related thing that we must mention. Yes. Yes. It's not a full story, unfortunately. It's, it's a little moment from issue 325 of Adventure Comics, which was actually published in August 1964, just before the, the Superboys that we've just talked about. I will quickly give you the synopsis for Adventure Comics 325, just to give you an idea of the story. So um, the story is called Lex Luthor Meets the Legion of Superheroes. Khan, a world inhabited only by criminals, is run by strange beings known as the Brain Lords. The Brain Lords. It's great. The Brain Lords. It's fantastic, isn't it? I wonder if they tie into the... The Brain Worlds. Yeah. Mm, oh my knows? God, this is our miniseries that we're going to pitch. Anyway, Matriot Lad and Triplicate Girl journey there hoping to capture the Chief Lord, Atro, and take him to Earth for punishment. During their attempt, Atro and the other Brain Lords alert the populace who try to prevent their escape. A strange craft suddenly appears to save them and all return to the superhero clubhouse on Earth. There, the mysterious rescuer reveals himself to be a young Lex Luthor. He's apparently come visiting from the 20th century before the tragic accident that turned him criminal. The Legion vows not to tell Lex of his fate and attempts to entertain him instead. Monel and Lightlass inadvertently reveal the secret, however, and Lex is informed of his destiny. Since they cannot alter history, Lex leaves them, only to secretly double back and snatch away the wig which had disguised his baldness. Just be cool about it, Lexi. His previous attitude was a charade, and his real goal was to ingratiate himself with the heroes and then kill them. Supposedly reconstructing a dissolver ray he saw on display in the clubhouse, Lex summons various legionnaires to different locations and then disintegrates them with the ray. <gasps> Actually, he has built a disguised Phantom Zone projector instead. From inside the zone, Monel instructs his fellow members to use mental commands to force Lex to release them. This occurs on television before a galaxy-wide audience and the heroes destroy the projector. They then allow Lex to return to his own era in humiliation, a laughing stock on hundreds of worlds. There we are. I know. Now, you may be wondering why we're even mentioning that. <laughs> Not a single talk of parallel worlds well, legacy there. on page four of chapter two of the story, there's a moment when Lex is sort of looking at the, um, he uses a quote, a time and space super console that can tune in on Legionnaires, whatever they may be, and he shows Lex what they're all doing. So he sees Superboy in the past, and he sees Supergirl in the past, and he sees 
Saturn Girl taking part in a circus, and we see, oh, interestingly, given that we've um, mentioned Atlantis a few times already, mm-hmm. we see Ultra Boy in Atlantis using his ultra strength to repair sea quake damage. Interesting. interesting. Yeah. I sounded like Vic Reeves there. It's like the, <laughs> the man with the sticks helmet. <laughs> ultra Boy is in Atlantis using his ultra strength to repair sea quake damage. And finally, we see Chameleon Boy and his pet Proti 2 are visiting their parallel world doubles in another dimension, and there's a panel which will stick in the socials of Chameleon Boy and Prote and Chameleon Boy shaking hands with another Chameleon Boy and that's it. Which is bizarre the fact they can actually travel to another yeah. uh, parallel universe and it's not really used. It's never really used as a story point in Legion. It's so casual isn't it? Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it's become a really recognisable and often used, I, I don't like the word trope but I'll say it trope. The word trope is a trope. It is, isn't it? <laughs> Doctor Who's only done it a couple of times, parallel universes mm, with, you know, because yeah. there's that excellent John Pertwee story, Inferno, and then the, mm. the wee Davy Cyberman story. It's the only ones I can think of off the top of my head. Mm. But the really famous sort of parallel universe, mirror sort of, you know, is Mirror Mirror, the Star Trek episode. Yes, Spock with the goatee. Yeah, aye. Because yeah. that's, that's with the whole cliche of evil double and all that sort of... Yes, because remember even in Knight Rider when an evil, an evil version of Michael <laughs> Knight, Knight, Knight Yeah, yeah. With a, had a goatee, you know. Although um, te- technically, uh, Michael Knight is a, yeah. a, is a, good, <laughs> is a good version <laughs> of him. Yeah. Because he was Michael Long and got yeah, the classic surgery. Right. Don't like him. Oh. Um, this that's tr- another podcast We're going to be starting our, our Glennie Larson influence podcast before <laughs> too long. But yeah, the Star Trek episode went out in October 1967. So that's a couple of years ahead of where we are at the moment. I can imagine the Jim Shooter, Kurt Swan sort of Legion doing a brilliant two or th- even two or three issue story. Yeah, that would have been great. That would have been, uh-huh. you know, Legion Evil Doubles, no one knows who's who and mixed yep. up and been clues throughout. And, they were all about know, traitors in the Legion. Yeah. And that's a perfect way to it, it would have been it, yeah. really, It would have been really, really good. So, I mean, it's, it's interesting in, in this, you know, the second of the Superboys that we've covered today with, uh, you know, this parallel Legion. To me, it's baffling. They, they never did more with that. They, they never came back. But what do you think? Please get in touch with us at the Earth 2 podcast at gmail.com and we'll give you a shout out on the show. And also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us at the Earth 2 podcast on both. And on Twitter at podcast underscore Earth 2. That's the number two. So thank you for joining us on our journey. And we'll talk to you next time on the, the Earth, Earth 2, 2 podcast. podcast. Transmatter Cube activated. Return coordinate set for Earth. Prime!